Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi, and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And this is episode 115, and it's just me today. And I am, well, it's not just me because I'm absolutely delighted to invite a really dear friend of mine and a complete legend and someone who's had a really, really big impact on my recovery and sobriety journey over the last few years um, and my general well-being and helping me not to lose my shit. So I'm really, really delighted to introduce Bryony Hamilton. And Bryony is a yoga teacher. Do you want to explain what you do? You're much more than a yoga teacher as far as I'm concerned. So tell us a bit what oh, you do you, darling thank you what an introduction yeah I am I am a yoga instructor I guess and a yoga therapist um, I also train other people to teach yoga and obviously we have our studio in Sussex which is where we met although I feel like we've known each other in many lifetimes um yeah I've never lost the passion for yoga I started teaching in 2008 and I'm still I mean, I didn't love the Zoom teaching, so I did. There wouldn't be my choice. I would always rather have people in a room. But now we have people joining us from Ireland and Canada and all of that, so that's really cool. Um, and I still love teaching, and everybody who comes to class um, helps me learn a little bit as well about mm. myself. And I love to share the practice of yoga. It's never, mm. it's never got boring. It's still just as fresh as it was. I love that. I love that. And um, so. Can you just, we always start with the check-in. So how are you doing today? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I'm in my car, as I told you. I'm charging my electric car that I'm still a bit in love with. Um, but it does, it's a minor inconvenience because I would be at home, but I had to stop and charge the car in the supermarket. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's, re- it's still like a lot of people a bit of an emotional roller coaster at the moment with feeling really hopeful and grateful and then waking up the next morning and feeling really disappointed um that I can't make plans um and I just really miss people you know yeah. I miss I miss people I thought a few couple of about three or four years ago when I had burnout I thought that I wanted to go and do one of those hundred day meditations in a cave I was like craving being by myself like completely alone really quiet and what the last year and the pandemic has taught me is that that is not what I want at all and that's not what I need and that I'm you know really kind of I love people and I love being around people um and I love my work because my favorite thing is when I introduce people to other people and they become yeah. friends and then we build a community. And that's, that's, I guess the big, still the big gaping hole in my heart at the moment. Um, but then I'm also, you know, I'm healthy. I've got roof over my head. I can't, yeah. I can't really complain. So it's all of that, isn't it? it you, you know, and it is that I mean, we're recording this. We're still in lockdown. We're lockdown number three, aren't we? I think mm. in Okay, we're both obviously local to each other, so we're in Sussex. So there's that. We have some space. We can go for walks. There is beautiful countryside around us. So we're really lucky, but like in so many ways. But like you said, it's that sort of we still have a we still feel it, still miss each other and miss being in a room together, don't we? And yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, I'm I'm re- I'm sorry if you can hear a car alarm. I hope that's going to go off in a minute. Um. I'm I do swim in the sea and that has saved me definitely the cold water therapy is not being able to do hot yoga (laughs) it's like cold the cold water has been has been a lifesaver um because it just kind of gives you that sort of rush of feeling alive and sort of chases literally chases away in quite a strong physiological way um any tendency to feel a bit sorry for myself and you know to feel to feel all the all the feelings that I'm sure everyone has experienced Mm, yeah so the reason one of the reasons why we decided well we've been talking about doing a podcast for a while and then we were looking at the subject of February and February you know we've done with Love Sober is about love in the wider sense you know we wanted to blow it away from 
the kind of Valentine's Day, Clinton's cards, kind of cellophane, sort of annoying, cliched thing about that actually just makes people feel really shit. <laughs> like, that actually makes them feel less than because if you're not with somebody, you feel really bad. And then if you get them a gift and they don't get you one, then you don't, <laughs> like, you feel undervalued or you feel... So, like, the whole thing is a bit of a mess. So we got talking and... and decided to like widen the aperture um to lgbtp <laughs> shall i try again you can, it. you can do it l g b t q plus um and also look at you know our relationships with with our children because we've got uh Josh from Nakoa, who's uh, the uh, children of alcoholics. He's a spokesperson for them. So we're looking at that in February as well. And then uh, a really beautiful place to start, which is where you and I got talking, was this idea of metta, which obviously feeds back into yoga, to Buddhist principles. You know, you talk about it a lot. Uh, the sober community talks about meta but calls it something different um so i just wondered if if you'd unpack that for us or from your experience um as a yoga practitioner as a yoga therapist someone who likes to look at this this kind of idea of meta how can this be of benefit for all of us right now and and then maybe why is it especially good for people in recovery Mm. so meta we when we talk about meta, perhaps understanding a little bit about the sort of um, one of the meanings for the word being um, like rain falling everywhere. So this idea of sort of universal loving kindness for everyone. And that's very much part of Buddhism, that idea of, of compassion and everything for everyone. But meta, like you're saying as well, drawing within, drawing the lens a little bit from that outward idea the commercialization of you know valentine's day or whatever buying stuff and that buying stuff and expecting something in return meta you start with yourself you send meta you send a wish of loving kindness to yourself first and it is combined very much with mindfulness with with that idea of like where where am i like so how much do i love myself and a lot of stuff comes up in meta um shame you know, guilt, self-worth, all of those things come up because what you do as a form of meditation is you just keep repeating to yourself, may I be well, may I be safe from danger, may I take care of my body with joy, may I live with ease. You know, you can phrase the words wherever you like. Um, A great resource which I love is Sharon Salzberg's book, Loving Kindness. It's available on audio book as well and I recommend that because she's got a really beautiful voice um and we talk about sending meta to ourselves first and then we send meta loving kindness to others but it starts with the self because as as my favorite one of my favorite people in the world says if you can't love yourself how the hell are you gonna love anybody else is that Dolly Parton it's RuPaul can I get an amen? <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. A huge, I'm a huge fan of the other of those amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Dolly did it as well. Yeah, with, with some <laughs> kind of song. Um, yeah, so you, 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 Metta is part of a, a broader practice as well, worth, maybe worth mentioning the four Brahma Viharas. So the four kind of best places to dwell, the highest um, states of being or ways to live or however you want to kind of understand that. Um, so Metta is the first one. And then you have Karuna Compassion and Medita, which is sympathetic joy. So if someone else is happy, you're happy because they're happy rather than being being unhappy because they've got what you don't have um which is a natural human contraction if we haven't done the meta part first so it's Mm. basically like a process to reach the final state of equanimity or bliss in yoga we might call it samadhi this sameness this equanimity this equal place where we're neither drawn to pleasure or running away from pain all about that attachment um but we must go through the loving kindness first and then the compassion piece mm-hmm. and then the and then the other stuff follows. Um, but- See, I find this very interesting because when we're looking at the kind of, uh, you know, that process of recovering the self, of getting well if we've had problems with alcohol or with, with, with something, 
Um, obviously, I just talk about alcohol. The reason I'm saying something is that Mandy and I are working on an addictive behaviours course. So we're sort of widening the aperture and my head's a bit in that at the moment. But for, for the purposes of, of our pod, it's that kind of what I see so much and especially almost with women in terms of new recovery is that, you know, that sense of shame and needing to recover the love of the self, you know, and that not being able to pour from an empty cup. Um, before, you know, and, and when we are, you know, we're caregivers and, and when we've been using alcohol to cope, and disconnect from our feelings, or maybe there's adverse childhood experience, maybe there's, you know, the shame, there's all that kind of life impact stuff. And we're looking after others, 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 and we can get so depleted. And that just sums it up for me. And I love the idea because when I learned about Meta, kind of, I heard about it, I don't know, 20 years ago. Um, I didn't realise it started with the self. I, I, I thought I had to do a sit and do a loving kindness meditation and think like about everyone else. And I used to come, I used to say I hated it. It used to make me so angry. Like it really pissed mm. me off. Mm. I was like, don't make me do it. But it's because I hadn't done that first bit. I hadn't mm. befriended mm. the self and loved totally. myself. Totally. And mm. it is it's like you say caregivers women you know looking after you might be looking after elderly relatives you might be looking after your kids you know you put yourself like like we always joke you know don't we who looks after mummy you know it's yeah. that thing of like when you put yourself last and I think that's natural you know as women we literally accommodate another human being with our bodies you know potentially you know we might be cultivating you know, even you know not not speaking from a cis female point of view we might cultivate something we might accommodate another person it's it's very much part of the divine feminine experience I think so it's natural then to give and think about others but if we're a little bit broken if we're a little bit broken and we don't tend to that then eventually that part gets worn out and that will manifest in other ways and I, I totally hear you I remember the first time I was introduced to meta in the in a yoga class and the teacher because what, what you do with meta is you you send meta to yourself first and the way that I was taught to do this was like over months and months and months and months like you don't have any expectation that you're going to go any further you just have it for yourself until <clears throat> until it's not until there's no longer any glitches because the first few times you're like may I be may I be safe may I be happy oh but I'm a bit of a bitch oh maybe I don't deserve it you know all of that kind of stuff and uh, you do that for yourself over and over again and then you send meta to the benefactor so someone in your life who it's easy to send kind, loving kindness to because you feel like they've cared for you you feel like they've look, looked after you or given you a bit of an opportunity or whatever and then you send meta to the neutral person which might be and this one works really well by the way I highly recommend this um so it might be someone who works in the shop near you someone who you see mm. like a friend of a friend someone who you see about but you don't have any particular attachment to then you send it to them mm. and then only then do you send meta to the to the difficult person to the enemy to yeah, someone start with trump right, exactly yeah that's oh well, that's 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 macro you know it might just be like a family member that you had an argument with or you know even just little things like someone cuts you up on the road and you know but if you jump straight if you're coming from a place of recovery i think and i think mm. most of us are recovering from something um and working through our stuff hopefully with a little help if you try straight away to jump to the difficult person mm. You know, it, it's not really likely to work very well without a bit of a glitch, without a but, 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 you know, you're going to always think, but why should I forgive? Why should I have mm. compassion for that person? Because, you know, again, like Rue says, if you don't really, truly, honestly value and honour the darkness and the light within yourself, you know, if you don't learn to love the bits that, you know, you might feel a bit uncomfortable with, you know, traits that you know that you have that maybe you're working on, you know, if you don't reconcile that I'm not good enough with the rain of matter, like raindrops don't, they don't like not fall on that blade of grass, but fall on that blade of grass. There's not, there's not like a, there's no prerequisites for meta. You know, it doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter that you were, you know, a bit of a cow over here or you, you know, maybe you stole something. Maybe you let someone down. Maybe you really hurt someone. Like none of that within the context of loving kindness stops you from receiving yeah. that loving kindness. 
It is all encompassing. It's all for you. It's filling you up. You know, it's filling the cup. Yeah, and I think that that sort of compassion piece is so important, isn't it? It's like that that brings me what I love about the when when you talk about and when you do the teachings in classes and you bring out bits of Buddhist readings and stuff is that I always think oh, yeah and I think that that really reminds me of Kristin Neff or something work of self-compassion or that reminds me of Brene Brown and when she talks about boundaries of like the power of vulnerability but make sure that you're doing it with 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 protection and there's something about the process that you're talking about about meta that is it, it protects it's safe and it's definitely you know yeah uh, and responsible in a way and practical it kind of makes sense doesn't it it is it is and it's it's such a foundation piece meta because if you if you really are firmly rooted in meta then you will make better choices mm. you know because you will have so much value for yourself you know when I use meta with people who live with challenges to mental health um I talk about I take care of myself I take care of myself joyfully. I take, and they always choose, like I don't tell people what to say. I give them ideas and then people choose their own mantra. I think that's important. But it's that idea of I I take care of myself with pleasure. I take care of myself with joy or I honor myself. You know, it's like, it's choosing a way that is so deeply, because mantra, as we know, changes the thought. It changes the manas with technique, with training. And it changes the, then it will change the decisions that you make um it regarding your own well-being and your own safety you know yeah yeah and it's a buffer if someone hurts you it doesn't get Mm. it's like an insulation you know against anyone trying to tell you that you're not good that you don't deserve to be but it's like what you said about you know like you know we do hard things on the map because we challenge ourselves and then we can do harder things in life you know it's that building resilience and part of that the practice I guess of like you were talking about sort of mantra or affirmations is it's like putting drops in the cup isn't it it's like well let's keep them filled up so that when if something comes up hopefully we're not not knocked off balance so much and then for the purposes of this conversation we go to addictive behaviors we push the fuck it button we just go I'm just gonna numb that out so it's almost like that sort of proactive self-care resilience definitely definitely yeah and 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 the moments when like say if you you know if you stop drinking and then you started again the next piece of the brahma vihara's aftermath is the compassion piece yeah and so yeah. having compassion for making mistakes and then taking two steps back knowing that the two steps back is into the loving arms of the meta you know yes. so it's not yeah you take a step back into a dark place where you failed and you, you know like you always said a shame spiral which is such a mm-hmm. vivid um, visual piece for me like I see it it's mm. like this like mm. you know hor- horrifying helter skelter um instead of falling backwards into the shame spiral from the place where you know you should give yourself compassion but you can't because you hate yourself because you fell off the wagon you're falling back into your own loving kindness that you yeah. have created and you've cultivated exactly you've cultivated yeah. and it does take time I wouldn't you know I my preferred time for a meta med- meditation is like an hour and a half you know and then I would give it as a prescription um to people to do for 10 minutes every day you know because mm. the practices work if you do them you know otherwise it's just a lovely idea <clears throat> yeah and I mean I I so relate to that because a big part of my journey was that that shame piece and when I discovered self-compassion which I guess was that my because I was remember I was starting to do yoga quite early on in my sobriety journey and that so they sort of it went hand in hand and more and more and more one made more sense with each other they made sense as as a kind of a pair and then when I started training as a coach and learning about the kind of nervous system regulation, the brain, it's like, okay, how are we going to maintain our well-being, you know, through that, that kind of the philosophy almost of of self-compassion, of loving care, kindness, of meta. And then how is this then? So we've got that, we've got the way we speak to each other, we've got the kind of, if we are building then in next stages of meta, we're building those kind of relational centres which again is is healing the brain, the 
scientifically proven from a kind of a back brain substance damage relational center place to an open receptive place then we talk about like the my favorite thing being the the nervous system regulation which I know you love as well so how does that piece you know working with yoga and working with the body help with sobriety and recovery Ah, so much. So it's like, how long so have we got? Much. Should we just like, chat for a month? Yeah, Should yeah, chat yeah. For a month? That, yeah. Sorry, sorry, yeah. it's such a big question. No, 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 let's, I mean, let's unpack it. We've got time. Mm. So when I first got really, so I was into yoga from my, well, for lots of movement, musical movement, because I was quite a hyperactive child. So I was kind of put into various different disciplines to burn off energy for my poor parents. Um, and then when I got, I'd done yoga a fair bit on and off. I did a bit at college in the 90s. I'd kind of done it as a sort of complement to physical theatre. But it was only when I moved to Brighton 20 years ago and I started doing hot yoga. And that's when yoga sort of tipped from being something that I enjoyed to something that I had to have. It was like, I would describe it as an addiction. And I met loads of other people within the Bikram yoga hot yoga community of course we don't call it Bikram anymore um hot yoga (laughs) community if you know you know um but the so many people I met in that community were ex-addicts or they were people in recovery and I remember just thinking this is really interesting like I used to party and take you know recreational mainly ecstasy to go and dance in a in a club but I was definitely not in recovery I've never I've never experienced that but loads of my yoga friends were and so I found it really interesting that they had become addicted to this practice which was very strong so there was a lot of um sensations in the body with hot yoga like it's a powerful sensation and I think that a lot of people maybe if they turn to substance and addiction it's often to feel it's to feel because somewhere along the line they've they're either self-medicating to hide uncomfortable feelings or what also happens in trauma is that people um shut down either either like so yeah, I think we were going to come to that trauma piece afterwards. So just rewinding a little bit. I think people, yoga helps those in recovery because you find joy in your body in that moment, in the strong sensations. Yeah, so hot yoga is quite extreme. So you might find extreme sensations. Um, it was when I was doing a lot of hot yoga that I would burst into tears on the mat. You know, I would burst into laughter on the mat. Luckily, I had teachers that held space for that and it wasn't like weird or unusual um the stretch response in the body so deep stretching holding releasing um create chemicals in the body so there's that neural feedback there's neurotransmitters chemicals like acetylcholine which feel good in the body so it's almost like you're creating the substance for yourself yeah yeah. You know, um, and that again, the regulation of the nervous system is going to bring you to that place of balance. You know, which which is wonderful for for a lot of us. And I would put myself in this car- category because of my anxiety, which is chronic and at times extreme. At the moment, it's okay. But that need before we can sit still, before we can sit still and do any kind of Zen meditation, before we can do any kind of mindfulness, anything, anything that involves sitting still, <laughs> before we can do that, we need something extreme you know, and we need to feel something extreme. We need something to change. We need those chemicals to change and then we can relax, you know, and I think, I think that's why a lot of people in recovery, it's take, not only you're getting out of your head, you're in, in your body, breath practices can very quickly change the chemistry of your brain with an influx of oxygen. Very, very quickly, you can find an altered state in yoga. Um, and all the increase in dopamine receptors as well. You yeah. know, like loads of studies have shown that from yoga nidra right to doing handstands, you know, so it, all across the spectrum of movement in within yoga, you have the capacity to increase the dopamine receptors, which as we know, help us to look forward to stuff. <laughs> you yeah. know and and yeah. look forward to when you so come out in that habit formation habit yeah. reward exactly. what works for us feel exactly. good okay I remember that that's what I'm going to repeat 
Exactly. And it's like you come you come into a long stretch and, and, you know, maybe it's for five breaths or maybe the teacher says one more round and you're like holding it and holding it and holding it. And not only are you like getting stronger and like we say, building resilience in the body, builds resilience in the brain and the emotions. But also when you come out of it, it's like, oh, and that really yeah. is chemical. You know, there's. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. And- what was I going to say? Because I think, like, from learning about my own neurotransmitters, I think I had a GABA um, deficiency with the anxiety, definitely dopamine and GABA. And there was something that, you know, when we started looking at that piece with alcohol in our training and in our work, Mandy and I were looking at, you know, the fact that it's called a dirty drug, so it's hitting on all of those neurotransmitters and stimulating artificially the GABA, the dopamine and the serotonin. And then the next day, you're basically, then you, your brain um, has a flood um, of, I can't even remember the one that it's called. Um, and then, and then there's, then they're depleted. So that's where you get the anxiety and the low afterwards. Yeah. But with what you're saying is actually with the yoga, with the breath work, um, we're actually creating them yeah. we're actually creating them ourselves so they're not it's not some kind of substance hijacking it it's just stimulating those areas and naturally. it's going to last longer precisely that yeah. so the set i think serotonin maybe you were thinking of that sort of feel good and then the depletion yeah. the next day you know and i've had that when i was sober curious last year um about mm. just that feeling of like having a drink feeling good whilst i was having a drink and then the next day feeling really depressed so when we talk about GABA and yoga, I have to mention Dr. Chris Streeter, so an American lady. So she's done the most comprehensive study on GABA um, receptor, GABA, the production of GABA in the body with yoga. Um, always makes me think of that kids TV show, you know, Yo GABA GABA, that guy in the orange jumpsuit. I don't I have to GABA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brush your teeth. Anyway, <laughs> but that program is sort of an example of, of GABA, you know, like life's brilliant, life's great, everything's wonderful, I'm just bouncing with joy. And what Dr. Chris Street had discovered, which is kind of what most people um, who practice yoga already know on some level, which is that the the feel good um, created in yoga is sustained, you know. So so it is because you made it yourself. Like you said, it's not another substance hijacking your body. You are creating, you know, and and you're clearing the pathways for all of the feedback from the body to the brain for the production of these chemicals and for the receptors for them to be felt. Um, So you're almost like washing out, clearing out all the pathways um, for your body to do what it does, which is, you know, look after you and help you feel good. Um, And the pleasure, the pleasure that you get from from your body in yoga again i'm talking about every kind of aspect of yoga i'm talking about the you know the stillness the movement the dynamics stuff. all of it has the potential to make you feel really really good um, in your body you know and for a sobriety conversation essentially if this is you know if we're we're doing we've gone off into our own little niche but i don't think we have um is that essentially what what it's it can be really good at is getting you out of a trigger is getting you out of trigger situations um you can use it in a kind of reactive way of like okay it's driving me mad I'm going to push the fuck it button I can go for a walk I can go for a run I can change the environment I can go to a yoga class and what's really good is if you can practice regularly it's like that proactive self-care because as Bryony was saying and I know like I have first-hand experience of this it's been bonkers the how less reactive I am since but the two prongs for me the two cornerstones were so sobriety is my absolute cornerstone of self-care of self-love the first act that informs all others because that's my keystone habit and without that everything else goes to shit right and then my scaffold day you know the yoga yoga practice has just bloody given me such it's like a uh, like a superpower yes <laughs> and okay. in class I'm losing my shit all the time yeah. Yeah. when I say you're basically a superhero and I think the way that I teach 
and have done for a very long time is in a co-creative way where I'm inviting people on their mat to find what feels fantastic for them what feels amazing find the pleasure in their body and I that then translates off the mat to what you talk about which is asking better questions you know what do I need how do I feel you know what and every single day sometimes every moment of every day we must be asking ourselves that how do I feel now you know and that's how yoga therapy works how do I feel now okay, now do this practice. Okay, how do I feel now? And that's really empowering because on a mat, it's just you, you know, so the only distraction is your own mind, you know, and I think often people turn to drink to deal with other people, you know, and to, and to deal yeah. with shit that we don't really want to do because it's a bit boring or it's a bit difficult and or the, you know, the mind is kind of not really stopping. Whereas on the mat, it's, it strips all of that away. So there is just sensation. And when you ask questions, about sensation and you make a choice to move your hand here or do that because that feels like that and I'm choosing this today and I'm choosing that today it's extremely empowering and it's very real because your body doesn't lie you know your brain will tell you all kinds of trickery you know the manas the chattering part of the brain will gossip about you and bitch about you the body doesn't lie you know the receptors that you've got all over your body are there to give you pleasure and they will they will give you the right answers you know so it's turning to the body for the answers you know I love what you said I think you're so so right and that and I I've experienced that as well and that's why I'm I'm quite particular about what I'm often kind of like I don't like to go to other people to do yoga (laughs) (laughs) you know you get your favorites don't you because I'm like don't tell me what to do I'm used to like being in this environment where people are saying you know, what you're saying and the way that you run B yoga and the way you train your teachers is that, you know, that it, it's that that we're in, you know, you're in charge, like we're in charge, like on the mat. It's like what feels good, what, you know, don't do yourself harm. Like have it starts with inquiry. Mm-hmm. It starts with inquiry. What do I need? What what mm. what's going on for me right now? It's and it is that process again. The parallel for me with sobriety is that okay, I've got rid of all the distraction. I've got rid of the numbing. I've got rid of the shit. It's just me. What now? What do I need? Yeah. What's it like for me in my life right now? Yeah. And I think that that's that yoga place where you just go, okay, how's it for me right now? It's exactly it's what you just said. Yeah, but also in in that group, you're very held, aren't you? And it's kind of safe. It's like again, sober community, yoga communities. It's like there's there's safety there because there's that co-regulation, yeah. right, with yeah. each other. Yeah, I hope so. I hope there's safety. I mean, the yoga world has been rocked in the last few years with scandals. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just yet another institution where where mostly men have been abusing people. So there are there are questions around the safety of yoga. Yeah, okay, um, that's a good I've to point been out. Very lucky, I've had very very good teachers who have um, always empowered me to go with my instinct. And then when mm. I trained as a therapist, it just made so much sense to me um, to have that compassion and give that choice because I'd already been teaching like that. And the reason I'd been teaching like that was because I'd had so many students who were so different. And in order to have everyone in the same class, you know, I used to have to be, I used to think it was a bit like a conductor in an orchestra. You know, I'd like, I know that, you know, Sheila over there has got a bad knee and, you know, Mike's got a slip disc over here, you know, so you've kind of got to include everybody, which you can do with breath, you know, with moving collective movement, like murmuration, people want to move together. It's, it's instinctual. Um, and again, that's, so I guess it's the two things. It's the, the freedom to choose while you're on the mat, but also the safety of community, you know, um, and that's, yeah, I'm, I'm missing yeah. group classes for that. But I have Sorry, I'm like, ch- no, I was going to say, I'm so we're chatting about it and I'm making you really miss the, on zoom you know doing those joy meditations where we just jump around and play music quite loud and just get silly I have found it there I have found it on zoom 
you know yeah and in some it's way, amazing because we have managed right and, you and can, I think yeah, we've is... had to yeah and also it's been yeah. lovely having people from around the world I mean that's just been the best thing is being able to being able to run a you, you know yoga trance dance rhythm and flow with my buddy in Los Angeles Ariana I mean that's been that's been so cr- incredible um and yeah we wouldn't have been able to do that so mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, we have that again with with the Love Sober stuff is that, yeah, we can't meet up, but this sometimes we'll be on a group and we'll, you, we can see each other and we'll just sit there like that yeah. together <laughs> yeah. because it's just like, okay, we'll just all give each other ourselves a hug across the, you say, the goddess of technology. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. all hail. Worship, worship now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell us a bit about the what what because you like you say you your your kind of your dream and your vision was to create a community for people, and you've created such a beautiful community in West Sussex that has really you know it has changed a lot of people's lives. And now we've gone. It's you know opened up so it can be it can be global. So how can people? connect really with with you how can they find the classes at the yoga yeah so we i teach every day and i'm part of an amazing team who you know most of our lovely team um we offer dynamic flow yoga i mean we kind of invite everyone to come along to all of it really um obviously if you look at yoga nidra then you're going to bring all the blankets and have a deep rest and if you look at joy meditation you're going to jump around to music um but there's sort of everything in between so my studio is be yoga be yoga and that's um yeah, on my website which i'm sure will be in your show notes um yeah. and I'm also i've just just kind of got together my membership website which is where I have always I've always wanted to do it. I've got loads of stuff on YouTube I've got my my um, YouTube channel um yoga with Bryony that's the B-R-Y the other one B-R-I is lady in Thailand you'll see I'm not Thai I'm, I'm English um and so there's loads of free videos on there on YouTube but the membership website I've wanted to do for a while because I wanted to connect with people online the way that I always have done in real life so when I've taught at studios for before I opened my own studio I taught in London and in Brighton and I got to know my students quite well and then when I ran retreats I had a lot of the same people would come on retreat every time and I wanted to recreate that kind of bespoke um, teaching because I'm guided so much when I teach by who's there you know, if I, if I know everybody and I know that everyone's in a certain mood, I might say, what do we feel like doing? And then we'll we'll go with that, you know, so it is a co-creative kind of collective um, energy. And that's why I've, I I set up my website, yogawithbryony.com. Um, and it's kind of building gradually, organically. I'm not really advertising very much at the moment. Um, but yeah, being able to connect with, with you, with other I guess it is a lot of other like your listeners probably a lot of women who maybe can feel a bit burnt out at times you know and and also bringing practices that are coming from a slightly more personal place which I don't always feel comfortable sharing publicly like on you know the socials or on my YouTube channel but with the memberships website it's a bit more of a personal journey you know it's like going through this thing called life and and what we need as 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 women um or as yeah anyone basically but people who I think when I look at most of my students they do tend to be they do tend to be women. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think that I'm pretty good at offering an empowering practice. That's, yeah. that's kind of where I'm where I'm aiming to do. Um, and really putting yourself first just for that moment that you're on your mat. You know, <laughs> shining that light right now on you and empowering you to, to feel really good. Because if we, again, you know, it's the same shit. If we don't fill our cup, we we can't share with others we don't have it yeah yeah so true and and I do and I love that and I and whenever because you know there are lots of online offerings for yoga and I and I think it's like the sober community you know you find your fit you find the people who you vibe with you find the the stuff that you that you like and one thing that I really you know that's obviously that 
I am very attracted to, you know, the the philosophy of be yoga in your teaching. And I always say this to people in the Love Sober community is that sort of it's it is that sort of the female experience does come through and the need that that it's not necessarily gonna there are some more active classes and for for all kinds of levels, but there is that kind of uh, piece of self-care, self-care first, self-care and uh, that inquiry and because you were you know you've worked with mental health you've worked with with trauma and in terms of you know that that whole idea of really putting putting people not you know in in charge of their own practice sort of thing but whilst caretaking for them um and I just love it. And, you know, and I've seen things, you know, on Instagram and and throughout like the last before lockdowns and stuff where it would be like, I don't know, yoga and a glass of wine and stuff like that. And I've never found I've always found you you guys to be very aware, you know, alcohol aware and the mm. fact that some people might that might be triggering for some people, you know. So I, I love that. I think you've got a really good sense of of not triggering people to be uh-huh. honest I think you're very responsible oh, I hope so I mean I have worked with a lot of trauma and sometimes I didn't know that I was until afterwards <laughs> and then I, I'm always led by the students and that informs everything that I do so I've become more aware of, of trauma and I'm also aware that I do I have a very privileged position I mean not just being you know white and middle class but I have a very privileged position in that I know that I'm very strong mentally Mm. and emotionally like I know I have that strength and I know that because I've worked in psychiatric hospitals for a number of years I've worked as a support worker and and I'm I'm aware that my path my my dharma my purpose is to use that natural strength that I have um, to hold to hold a safe space for others um, yeah and and I fit that and I definitely that feel that joy. Mm. and I do think I think that's so important and that's that I think that's you've said it in a really in a much better way than I was trying to say it in that it's very you're very aware almost of the parameters I think because of your your background of holding space for people and knowing that scope of practice and doing it very responsibly and skillfully so um Another reason to uh, to check out Bryony to check out B B hyphen yoga. Yeah, so it's B, so obviously www.b hyphen yoga dot uk dot com, and then my my yoga with Bryony dot com is a little bit easier. Um, but if have, have we got time just to say one thing about substance and yoga? Yeah, we've we got time for that. So yeah, yeah. it's really interesting when I see things like beer yoga and I I did this thing in London briefly that was like a Prosecco mile and you did like you drank a glass of Prosecco and you ran and I can't run anyway so drinking in the day and running was a complete disaster and then you did yoga at the end of it and it I think it's easy for people to become quite scornful for that being triggered by it is another thing you know so I feel absolutely like you know that when you go to a yoga class I think you should expect not to have to deal with being offered an alcoholic drink because I feel like that's you know that should be sort of par for the course but if we look really into the history of yoga and when my great friend Matthew Clark who lectures on our training he um regularly we we have long chats about the history of yoga they were sitting around the fire back in the day, you know, we're talking a long, long, long time ago, thousands of years ago, India, probably Afghanistan, possibly other places in the world. They were sitting around the fire, passing around this drink called Soma, which was probably a mixture of cannabis and ayahuasca sort of type thing. So, and then they were having visions. <laughs> so they were passing around this drink, imbibing as a shared collective sacred ceremony, and then having visions. And then those visions were becoming the teachings, you know, the, the collective consciousness, the oneness, the, the importance of, of community and connection. And then much later, the breath and meditation and movement practices were to to recreate that altered state without the use Mm. of substance Um, yeah and it's interesting isn't it because then that sort of brings up that whole thing about because I'm not prohibitionist at all um 
I just don't think we've got the social structures to be able to deal with and we don't get together and do collective ritual and trance exactly. and, yes, it's and all the rest of it. If you're just necking it to feel... It's not, yeah, just kind of getting pissed is not the same as passing around. No. <laughs> it's no. an ancient ritual-like journeying process with your elders and your sacred community sort exactly. of thing, is it? Yeah. It's like, you know, well, it's, it's, it's a different thing. For, for the purpose like the purpose of sh- I mean maybe maybe humans just want to get high you know and whether that's high on your own your own yoga practice your own kind of you know hyper hyperventilating heavy kundalini yoga practice or you know that's um yeah I mean certainly kundalini for addiction has had more success than any other kind of style of yoga and I think that is a lot to do with they do a lot of hyperventilating and it makes people feel a bit high yeah the well there's that transcendence piece isn't there and I know in our tra- in our when we do our course we look at um creativity flow and transcendence magic or wonder all of those practices that we can do kind of more safely because of the given structures and our history of women and trauma and blah blah whatever it could be so we sort of look at kind of slightly baby steps I suppose with that um but 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 recognizing that need I have a big need for transcendence maybe that's why I do yoga that's why I love Priscilla Queen of the Desert and singing on top of a shoe yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. feel like I'm in church when I'm like surrounded yes. by drag queens. It's worship. Yeah. It's worship. It is. Like that, whatever. I mean, what does transcendence mean? It's like maybe to move away from the mundane, maybe to move away yes. from what's boring. And we've done it for like millions of years. Yeah. 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 I mean, oh, well, that's what art. Down to <laughs> unload the washing machine <laughs> again and do the washing. Oh, it's really fucking do they know who I am? I, yeah, I want to be lifted. I want to be lifted <laughs> up and away from this. But, you know, we like, yeah. like I was saying to a student the other day, because, you know, I've been sort of randomly putting the music on at the end of a yoga class and getting everyone to jump up and down. Mm-hmm. And some people are like yeah. horrified and turn the camera off and other people are like, whoop, whoop. And a, a couple of students have fed back to me, you know, I, I, as soon as I put my hands in the air and start jumping and you play, turn the music up, I feel tearful, you know, and it's like, that is because, or I mean, it's for, for many reasons, for many reasons, but potentially, and certainly for me, it's the release of movement and dance and song, which in a way transcends, but also breaks through where I've been holding pain in my body. I've been holding frustration from not being able to work. I've been holding worry and fear that I'm not going to be able to pay my bills because of my job. And I've been holding the pain and concern on a you know macro scale for everybody, the, you know, the suffering in the world. Yeah. And when you jump up and down, when you put your hands in the air and you sit or you sing along to, to your shoe, you know, music, movement, dance, you can transcend that. But on the way through, you might pass through a bit of pain and then you might be in tears and you might not know, really know why you're crying. But there'll be a kind of rush of of emotion, which literally bursting to get out of your body. Um, And how much I love the fact that we can do that with our bodies, with our voices, with movement, with sound. Like you say, you know, you always play yoga. Uh, the the music in the yoga class is gem- generally apart from yoga nidra, I think, um, and and all of that. I love it. The, and the, and when we do it together, and I and for all of those reasons, for all of those reasons, I I don't want to lecture people and say you've really got to go and do yoga. You're so <laughs> it's completely up to you. But I'm like, I'm such an evangelist about it. I go, go and try it. You're gonna yeah. love it. You want to shake it all out. I mean, ultimately, yoga lets you know and I would say to any 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 of your listeners who've been to a yoga class and didn't like the teacher or been to another you know maybe you've tried it three or four times keep keep going and like you said there is a massive amount of free yoga online like you don't need to go anywhere or pay anyone and once you find a teacher or a practice that connects with you ultimately what you learn and your self-practice is really where it's at I mean what practicing in a group is amazing but what you're going to find and what you're going to discover is is going to be really personal and it is that you are already enough and you already have everything that you could possibly need or want so you know that need for substance you know I'm I'm not pro prohibition either you know like take what you want no judgment from me but it's like take it if you can leave it you know, like I always used to, like that hip hop song in the 90s, you know, like take it if you can leave it because, and with yoga, you can leave it, all of it, because you've already got it. 
you know, because you've already all the all the joy, all the good vibes, you know, all the sensation, all the pleasure, and all the capacity to succeed in relationships and in life is already within you. And all you're doing in yoga is is cultivating it, tending to it. You know, taking a little bit of time just to go like, may I be well? May I be happy? May I live with these? You know. And I love that. And I think we're going to let, you know, on that note, that brings me right back to the the first point about that recovery journey. And I know we had Lotta Dan on last week, who is Mrs. D, um, who's a New Zealand sober legend. And she said she does re- refer to herself as being in recovery. And what that means for her is that she, on a daily basis, attends to her well-being. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And so the parallels there are so, so apparent for me, you know, that, that, you know, for, for our listeners, you know, being sober, that's that, that level of inquiry, that's, that's the well-being, that's the may I be well. Yeah. For when you practice yoga, that's the meta. May I be well? <laughs> let's let's, and then we get better, and then we tell our stories in safe spaces, and then we help other people be well. You know, it's and and it just keeps growing, and I, I just think it's it's beautiful. It's loving kindness for mm. you, you know, and yeah. for you first, and over and over again. Every time there's a glitch that you don't deserve it, that you're this, you that, you just keep coming back to it. Loving kindness for you you know that yeah. and it and it works it works like a little light you know that goes yeah. and gets a little bit you know, brighter and you sort of a flame yeah it's beautiful yeah. yeah thank you so much thank um, you it's been lovely amazing to talk to you and i will link everywhere you can find brian i do encourage you to check out um be yoga and i think you can do you can try out can't you a free class online yeah definitely um, first so you can sign up through the website or through the glow fox app and um, we don't have a hyphen through glow fox it's just be space yoga and you'll see us we're in here with teeth in sussex um and yeah first class you sign up for online is free um, and we're also building our online library which has become really really popular with people that are stuck on their own um, because they don't want to do the same kind of practice every day they want to you know try different stuff so we've got that online library building up um, and lots of flexible payment plans as well Um, and if anyone's really struggling financially and and wants to get in touch privately um, then we're very happy to help out because we do believe in the practice Um, we believe in the benefits yeah 100% so I'll put those in the show notes how you can uh, go and find Bryony and the studio and work with them Um, and if you're immediately concerned about your drinking please do just reach out send up a flare get in touch with us Um, Alcohol Change has amazing agencies of local support Uh, next week it's no, the week after, it's uh, Children of Alcoholics Week. Um, and so Nakoa are having, they've got loads of resources, loads of stuff to help. Um, yeah, find an online community, send up a flare to us at uh, Love Sober or go to another one. Find your fit. Just don't feel like you're on your own because you're not. And we'll see you next week for more chat.